All right. Let's see how this goes. It's really exciting. I hope it goes well. Hope it works. We'll have to, you know, uh, blow off a little of the dust, I think. But I think it's going to be great. Oh, that would have been a good way to, to, I think, to say when we came in. We're going to blow off a little dust. And whatever the second thing was, maybe what I'll do. Cold open. Um, use it for the cold open. Use it for the cold. Yes, use it for this cold open right now. The one that we just used it for. Yes. Hey everyone ever, and welcome back to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present by living in the past, much like I was, well, I guess, last week on the episode that actually aired. I'm Tim Blevins. And I'm Bob Canning. And Tim, it's great to hear your voice. Thank you. I think so. And it's also very nice to hear yours. Um, it's odd, though, because I feel like there was an episode last week, so it may not actually seem to the listenership. Like we were gone for a while, but we, you and I, because we would record well in advance with the idea of keeping this to be a fine oiled running uh, tank tread of a, of a, of a machine. Yeah. Um, we haven't, I don't think we've spoken, I want to say it's a month. I mean, the last thing we recorded would have been the episode for last week, but that must have been early April. Yeah, I think it has been four weeks. And nothing has happened in four weeks, so it's kind of like we're just picking up where we were. No, that's not entirely true, but it is great to, to be talking with you. And also, it's Memorial Day weekend. We're actually recording this week's episode on Memorial Day weekend, so the sense of immediacy and urgency is kind of here, which is kind of nice. I was going to ask, well, why is Memorial Day uh, so urgent? Why is this uh, causing such a, such a feeling for you? Oh, it's not Memorial Day itself. It's it's um, just the idea that I think in the past we've always recorded two weeks in advance. Like our episodes were always ahead of time. This time I feel like we're actually talking the Sunday before the episode goes up. Oh, that I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned in the cold open blowing <laughs> off some dust. I think I, think I might have just <clears throat> had some uh, here in my face. Um, but no, there was... To be honest, initially when I was I was up this morning thinking about the show, there was there was some urgency to Memorial Day. I thought I had a whole whole little rambling way to start the show about Memorial Day, but I think instead, instead of addressing that, um, maybe what we can do is address uh, a little little bit on the air uh, sense of urgency. Like every week, we do a segment. Uh, we do a segment on the show, except for last week where we cut it out, called Wiki Tweaks. You're familiar with this, right? I am. It's where we uh, take a look back at something that may have been incorrect or not mm-hmm. fully explained in the uh, previous episode. And I guess or when episodes. I'm, I'm episodes, if if uh, for reaching further back, and it's something we always put at the beginning. And I guess in the past, it has tended to be something that uh, we get worked into, we get talking about, and, and we discuss, and it becomes a good back and forth conversation. But it also it becomes a lengthier uh, part of the show. Is that what you're hearing? Maybe it's a little too long to, yeah, we, to begin a show. We enjoy the conversation, uh, and it turns out that that's not the conversation perhaps that everybody was t- tuning in for, uh, since our, our episodes have a title, and the title isn't this week's Wiki Tweaks. No, that's true, which would be actually be last week's tweaks of, but they would, you're right, they would be this week's. So I guess um, what, what, what the, I, I guess we could have done this off the air, but here's what we'll do as practice of keeping it succinct. Personally, I like the wiki tweaks at the beginning. I think it's a nice kind of tether between last week's and this week's show. Gives everybody a minute to kind of catch up, you know, like a previously on with a couple of clips and quips i don't know and then to get right into the topic i think if but you were suggesting putting it uh at the at the end at the end of the show the end could work uh but just tightening it up at the beginning could work as well 
I think you're right. This does seem like the kind of conversation we would not be having on the show. Yeah, but I think we are. Unless this gets cut out, this is uh, the start of the show. So very rapidly, I guess, for Wiki Tweaks. Uh, last week, I, I, if that's cool, I'll do very quickly. Last week, uh, yes. you and I, we were talking uh, comedy films. And I've got to be honest, your first choice for comedy films that you mentioned was uh, a 1985 time travel film called Back to the Future. It was. I expressed some some shock and awe that you picked that. And I guess the one thing I wanted to manipulate here, mention, reference, or maybe retcon a little bit is people, I'm aware of what Back to the Future is. I'm aware that it's a great movie. And I actually love the movie. I didn't mean to come across as someone who doubts Back to the Future or would have to ask the question, what's the humor? What's the comedy of Back to the Future, Bob? Which I think is a question I asked. I get the movie. I totally understand it. Of course it's hilarious. Of course it's funny. I'm not, I grew up in the era when it came out and I would love to discuss the movie further, but listening to that episode, I just, I felt maybe that I came across as someone who's not a fan and I just want to let specifically a very close friend named Joe Francazio, but on a wider expanse, the rest of the world know that, yeah, I'm, I've, I've seen Back to the Future. Thanks. I love it. I love it. It's pretty funny, huh? Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it a comedy, but I mean, I, there are some jokes, I guess, if I was to think about the characters. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank mm. you for that tweak, Tim. I'm, it's good yeah, to know because I, I, I was confused, uh, but now it's mm. very clear. All right. Oh, good. Um, anything on your end that you want to kind of fix or refrain from last week? No, I think I'm good. All right. So there you have it, folks. We're into the episode and actually into the episode. We... We, well, now we won't if I keep talking about it now. So, so what are we doing this week? What do I, well, you want to you you intro segue right here? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this week uh, you decided that we should take a look at opening credits and, and theme songs from the our TV. Youth. Yes, TV theme songs. From um, our and, youth. Uh, yeah, and you did a great job. You picked uh, three ABC sitcoms. They're all ABC. You're right. Yeah. yeah they was that not intended? Um, I don't know if it was intended. No, I don't think so. I, it might just be. I mean, two of them used to air on the on the same night, and it might just be that ABC's shows kind of fostered. I think we'll see as we're talking about it. Kind of fostered a, a similar brand of, of of theme song. So yeah, that was by chance. Of course, there's a lot of shows out there we could have picked from, but yeah, kind of happy to have these three. And uh, it seems a little relevant because I know we've talked about this before on the show, but it used to be that the TV season would kind of be wrapping up right now. We're at, we're at the end of May, yeah. Memorial Day. Typically, that's the start of the movie season. So as a child, I think my TV viewing, I would, as I became aware of what the idea of a finale was, May would be kind of when you're wrapping up shows, you know, when it's kind of like they're going to go in the summer reruns. I'm going to have to find something else to watch. The show that I liked for the year is gone until the fall. So, yeah, it seems like a nice time to check in with some theme songs that I think mattered. Which one of these do you want to start with, sir? Or should we list them well, all and then delve into the first? Let's delve into the first one. We'll, okay. we'll go We'll go so that there's no uh, pre-assumption or, or, or reason to skip, unless you check the show notes, in which case feel free to <laughs> skip. Um, but a show that I love, the ABC show that used to air... On uh, when I would watch it, it was on Tuesday nights. It was a show called Growing Pains, yeah. starring Alan Thicke, Kirk Cameron, Tracy Gold, Joanna Kearns, and another guy. And um, the theme song the, the, that we we're listening to it's a song called "As Long as We've Got Each Other." Did 
you remember this uh, this theme kind of going into the into to listen to it? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's such a yeah, yeah, all of the themes, but uh, this one especially um, tied in with the opening credit visuals. Um, mm-hmm. I it's it's kind of seeped into my memory for sure. It's definitely one of my all-time favorite TV themes, I think, you know, and especially for a show that I watched every week, you know, I really enjoyed the start of it. It's kind of a, I don't know, I always felt like, and I think this happened with other shows, if we were to talk about Family Ties or something like that, my impression of it was it, because it's a duet, I always thought it was kind of maybe like the parents singing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, since you are kind of in this opening credits and they're <laughs> looking at you, you kind of assign this this role but um actually it's saying the 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 duet there it's saying by two individuals bj thomas who surprisingly sang i didn't realize this raindrops keep falling on my head from butch cassidy and the sundance kid so that's the male vocal and jennifer warns uh who's the female vocalist um sings on a lot of leonard cohen albums uh she's performed up where we belong with joe cockner and i mainly know her because she did uh i've had the time of my life by bill medley so these are these are radio friendly vocalists kind of singing these theme songs. I don't know if the theme songs themselves played on the air, but the, you know, these were two pretty dominant, powerful voices. Yeah. I would be um, surprised if they played on the air at some point. I was actually I'm jumping ahead here, but at the end of this, I want us to, uh, to kind of pick which one we think is the, the most pop radio friendly mm-hmm. uh, song. And, and this is a contender. I think so. And actually, the, the author of the song, John Beatus, who I think wrote uh, wrote a lot of 80s TV show themes, a lot of them instrumental. He's also one of the writers for Crazy For You by Madonna and Human Nature um, by uh, Michael Jackson. So, I mean, again, this, there is some talent behind these theme songs. Yeah, it, <clears throat> it seems like there used to be a lot of effort put in theme songs uh, in these opening credits. Uh, you're saying used to you do you feel uh tv shows now aren't using theme songs the same way no not 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 that i've seen not that i'm familiar with um there's certainly not uh each of these i think tell the song and the visuals they all tell a story they all Mm -hmm. give you kind of the background of what's going on you know so we're talking about growing pains so it's talking about the as long as we've got each other uh, so it's it's a family thing. We got to stick together. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the lines is the best is ready to begin. So it's like there's still so much ahead of us. And as they're singing this, you go and you see each cast member uh, as a as an infant, a toddler, and uh, then how, how they are on the on the series. You get a clip of them. Talk about the show. opening credits. Yeah, there's yeah. there's picture real life pictures of each of these individuals. Yeah. Those came back to me so strong, like because that made it seem like a real family to me. Exactly, and yeah, and I, I, as a kid, I was probably, you know, an idiot and believed that in some way they were related. Well, you Uh, can't stage photos, was my thought. Yeah, it's like, wait, you can't have hired someone to look like a young Kirk Cameron. (laughs) But But, uh, um, I guess that that was kind of like that sense, like you're you're building these people into real people. Yeah, it's. I I think that was probably on a lot of. just credit sequences at the time, but you're right. It's it's um, it is it's a very reaffirming, very kind of positive. Pa- it does feel like it's about the parents. This would make me think the show is about the parents. Um, just as an '80s pop star or pop song, excuse me. I thought like there's definitely that uh, '80s electric guitar wail kind of in it. There's a definite feel of kind of like radio friendly hit. There's some weird pseudo orchestra 
strings throughout the song kind of giving it it's, it's just there's there's this dramatic emotional s- swell that even at the very end of the song there's like this weird mystical kind of trill kind of like three tone like a, a magic spell sound or something like it's just it's a very highly 80s orchestrated theme yeah. which i love but you're not going to hear that now you're not going to hear that on shows now because i think a lot of those tropes of music are kind of uh are passe at yeah. this point per- I, perhaps i think now i you're hearing maybe you'll hear uh, an instrumental type of of, of musical uh, hit. Uh, they're going to be very short to give more time for hopefully more time for the show, but I think also more time for advertisements. Um, I mean, these mm-hmm. were all pretty long uh, for today's standards. They're I think over a minute each, or at least close to a minute. Um, but but yeah, there's just not that sort of effort. Put into it now. Um, some but there are memorable of, themes from the past. I mean, like I, I keep thinking of the Big Bang Theory. That's a very memorable theme. I don't watch that's the true. show really. That's but, true. But I mean, even that's ten years old now, isn't it? And I guess you're right. That is an older show. Um, I wonder if the length of it, and we'll see this with each of the themes. Like shows used to open by showing you clips of the show. Like you know, we're talking about how in um, for for the Growing Pains show, you know, you're you're seeing pictures of Alan Thick and and all the cast, but you're also seeing m- clips, you know, from the episodes. Yeah, you're, you're seeing a crazy cooking scene where Maggie flips her fork, and you're seeing Mike Seaver pulling his sunglasses down like a cool dude, and he's spinning around. You get Carol with a school book on her lap, so you know she's a nerd. Yeah. You get Ben chained to a desk, I think. I think he's handcuffed or something. He Couple. Is. And just a couple of clips showing them at a birthday party, high fiving, and all that. So you're you're getting a feel of them for the show. And I don't know if opening credits do this anymore. Like I feel like shows that either have very stylized credits, mm-hmm. or it's just the credits superimposed over over the opening, which I kind of like because that gives you more show. Um, if it doesn't inherently have a, a memorable theme, but I don't know. Can you think of anything that shows you clips like this? You know. Current in the opening credits, current yeah, modern current. programming. Uh, no, not really. I mean, all I can think of is, is like you're saying, is the stylized stuff, and I think that's pretty much what I've been watching lately. Will have a stylized opening, like Masters of None. Uh, Master of None has their that they always have the opening credits, they'll have a, a, a different kind of stylized font for the title. And then they'll have kind oh. of almost like movie credit openings, uh, old timey movie credit openings, and then a song, but a different pop song, like not made for the show, but a pop, a pop culture song from from the past um, that just plays over that. Oh, so it's not a set. They don't have a set credit where here's your cast and here are the images, like because you're not checking in every it, week. I guess Masters and None is on Netflix. Is yeah, right? it's on Hulu? Netflix. Um, it's set in that you'll have like a cold open, and then it'll cut to a stylized uh, in, um, introduction of the title and uh, white credits over black, all set to the tune of a different song each episode. Mm-hmm. But like, it sounds like you're saying it is, that's cinematic. I haven't seen the show. It's, it sounds like you're saying Yeah, I cinematic. feel like that's more cinematic than, than like a, the Big Bang opening. Mm-hmm. But even the Big Bang Theory, it is, it's a mm-hmm. bunch of sequences. Like you don't see anything from the show till the very last shot. You see the cast kind of sitting there. Yeah. Um, Masters of None might be a good example for that. Like our experience with shows might be different 
right now. And again, it's hard to, cause I'm thinking like, you're right. When I was, I was, you know, even talking about the big bang, I was thinking like the office 30 rock, the sitcoms I'm thinking of have been off the air for four or five yeah. years. Current sitcoms. I know there's stuff I watch. I mean, I think I watched like, um, like broad city on comedy central is a show that I watched. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt has an opening credit sequence that's on Netflix. Um, that's similar to maybe how 30 rock works. It's almost making fun of the credit sequences, but I think we, we, we watch shows differently maybe. So maybe checking in with shows changes how the credits work. Um, I mean, cause growing pains had a cold open to it. If I remember right, there'd be a little, little stinger at the beginning and then it would go right into these credits. And because we're watching the show and because we're watching, I mean, I guess the way I always remember it is like, you know, it's a rush. The show's on at eight. We got to watch it. Maybe my mom's getting snacks or maybe Mark's still outside. It's my brother, you know, and he doesn't want to come and watch it. Or maybe I'm in the bathroom, you know, like you've got the pace of, I'm going to miss the stinger, but I'll still see the episode. I get in when I hear the credits. I come crawling to the show when I hear the credits because it was on a set time. True. You watched the show when it was on as a kid, right? Yes. Did you make time for it? Did you stumble across it? Like, did the theme song to it, was that in any way like a call to action for you? Like, you got to get in here. Like, someone else put it on. Or were you watching it by yourself? Um, no, it was a family family viewing um, for my brother and my mom and I. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have like a, a recollection of, you know, like us all rushing to the couch uh, when the music came on. It was more like we, we just sort of had our routine and, and on the night it would air, we'd already be sitting there ready for it. Um, but I mm-hmm. get what you're saying. It's like, it's almost Pavlovian in that the, the music starts and you, you know, you, you just relax, your shoulders go down, you know what you're, you're getting into. It's all those familiar faces that, that, uh, that you've grown to enjoy. Um, so yeah, it, it is a call and a, and a welcome uh, in this, this particular kind of show and theme. The opening credit sequence is for this was so ingrained in my head. Like I knew every shot right before it happened. Like I do remember. And again, it's because you're seeing it every week. Right. And again, I, 30 Rock, I know that one pretty well. That is old. Yeah, I'm having trouble coming up with the opening credits because I think most shows now just give you the title overlaid over the program, which every now and then, if an episode was longer, like Growing Pains would do, it might just do the opening credits superimposed over the episode itself. Sometimes if it was a two-parter or something like that, yeah, or for they'll, lengthwise. They'll, they'll edit the opening where they'll just have like a little uh, stinger of, of the the theme without the whole mm-hmm. theme, and maybe they'll just show that yeah. last shot of the family in front of the house. <clears throat> Which that blew my mind as a child. I don't, and you can't tell because you just watched one. But do you remember there were multiple endings to that sequence? Like the one we watched was from season three, and the family goes back in the house, but um, uh, Alan Thicke's character stays outside. Um, different, different episodes would would the opening credits would would end with different characters standing there. It might be that Ben's the last one to go in, and people come back and get him. It might be that Mike stands there and shrugs and winks true? at you. Yeah, there was. I'm sure it wasn't a different one for every episode. You know, like The Simpsons does that now. I think this is more common. But as a child, that blew my mind. One, because they're looking at you. Uh huh. Growing Pains did a lot of. Yeah, and I know we're just talking about the theme. The show itself someday is worth talking about because the show early on did a lot of fourth wall breaking and pseudo acknowledging it's a show without getting into, you know, like an audience and all that. But 
something about this opening credits. Like I think in the 80s, everybody was always posing for a family portrait in the opening credits. So they're looking at you. But in this one, I just feel like the fact that they go back in the house and they're there. I just felt like there was some weird interaction in that, that as a kid, because of my fascination with this idea of breaking the fourth wall of interacting with an audience, this opening made me feel that somehow because again i think they are just posing for a picture is what they're supposed to be doing but i i don't know if that clicked with me yeah it's because it, i know I, I know exactly what you mean i have no recollection of of any other opening um of this era where it's not alan thick's dad that that sticks around i do remember that as the years went on and uh other characters were introduced and I think they had a baby, didn't they, uh, at some point? Yeah, they had a baby um, that then accelerated into a daughter. Yeah, so... Yeah, they had a, uh, a Leonardo DiCaprio for a little bit. Right. I don't... Was he in the opening credits at ever, ever in that season? Well, I don't you know. I had stopped watching by then. I was just dropping that because that's the one piece of knowledge I always <laughs> hear about this show. But, um... Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I remember it changing as the years went on, but I don't remember it being mm-hmm. like you might get a different uh, opening each week. But to your point about it being a family photo, it is a family photo, but Alan Thicke at the end here is sort of doing a double take as his family leaves. He's looking back at us almost like, oh, I'm so sorry they left. Uh, I, I didn't think we were done here. Um, I guess I got to go in on so, the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, it, it is a family photo, but it's also like you're saying an acknowledgement, a fourth wall break uh, that we are there as the audience. Do you mind if I pick where we go to next? Because I think the opening credit of the one I'm thinking of is sort of the opposite of that, where it doesn't let you in. You are kind of uh, on the outside watching something happen to other people. Sure. Which uh, what's what's the next one we're going to talk about? I'm going to go with Who's the Boss. Yes. Great. Which actually I think used to air right before Growing Pains. Okay. Um, yeah. So Who's the Boss? Its opening credits um, is a collection of scenes from the show, much like uh, Growing Pains was, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't uh, have the like the personal connection that Growing Pains did with the kids' photos and and everybody getting older, and then the fourth wall break at the end. It's really just here's a collection of shots and moments uh, set to this theme song. Um, yes. And so it's really just you're watching somebody else's experience, um, which is it's laid out pretty well. Uh, one thing I liked about the Who's the Boss is that. It basically tells the story of of the pilot episode um, in its opening, where you see it does even without where, yeah even if you don't know who these characters are I mean you're right this is I think very much a kind of the prototypical like 1980s opening sequence yeah. I think what you're saying it's clips from the show highlights almost and obviously the highlights that I remember I mean I think a lot of my memory of the show comes from these credits but uh, you're right because I mean you do get I mean, you get the only footage that is not from the show is that battered up piece of shit blue van, you know, driving, I guess, from New York. You start off with a van driving, I think, from New York through all these leaves, these shitty looking leaves to get to Connecticut. Pulls up in front of a house. But you're right. 
I don't. Well, I just as yeah. a kid, I was always excited. I grew up in Connecticut. The show takes place in Connecticut. But watching it today, I'm like, boy, this looks trashy. I mean, they're real <laughs> leaves. Leaves are beautiful, but that it just it's so much color. And it's like it's just driving over garbage. But you're right. It cuts to the, the scene that I assume is them first meeting from the very first episode. Yeah, and you and say it is that just the van this, yeah, scene this, isn't. You're saying the van scene isn't from the uh, from the show, but I I do think it is. I think it is from the pilot episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I, don't know if I mean, I'd have to go back pilot. and check, but um, I, I do believe there was like a moment uh, early on where in, in the pilot where you see them. I don't think you ever see them in the city, um, Tony mm-hmm. and, and his daughter, Sam. Um, but I think you get a sense of them leaving the city from the pilot. I might be wrong. Okay. I, no, I, wrong. I don't think I've seen the pilot, but you, you're right about this telling you what the show is about, especially that opening sequence. I think your book ended with a little bit of romance which i don't think was always my thought watching who's the boss but these opening credits are kind of setting up i think there's two things going on in this so so the, the first off to say the show is called the song is called brand new life that's the theme song um and carrying over from growing pains as a kid i always kind of thought it was tony singing tony danza's character i think i did that with a lot of theme songs sure. like it was maybe his thought process but as as a kid, I always thought it was him singing to his daughter, like we're going to find a brand new life, like kind of like we're going to yeah. make our way to someplace new. But it's actually, it's, it's a romantic song, right? It's between him and, and uh, Samantha? Uh, oh, him and uh, Angela, the mother? Angela, yeah. Uh, it would be weird if it was between him and Samantha. That would take a whole new turn. Um, but yeah, well, I except that I didn't see the romance in it. Yeah, I didn't see the romance in it. Even, even now today, looking back on it and listening to it uh, when we rewatched it, I didn't see romance. I saw a brand new life in uh, respect to Tony and Sam leaving the city um, mm-hmm. uh, and having a new opportunity, you know, to, to change, to turn their life around from what it was. Um, you know, and it was very stereotypical as a, as a kid. It's like, you know, for, like I related to Sam because she was the kid and I was a kid. And it's like, I, I pictured, and I don't know if this was real in the series, but I remember having the sense that, you know, she was living in the city and there was crime and there was gangs and she was maybe in trouble. And so it was a brand new life for her. That's kind of what I was seeing. Um, looking back on it now, I was viewing it last night and it was more of a brand new life for Tony and her daughter and, and them as a family. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get romance out of it. And I also feel like you were saying like you think it's Tony singing the song. I always felt like it was a, a third party singing to them. Um, huh. Yeah, like it was just. Which, by the way, is what it was. Yeah. It's not Tony Danza <laughs> yeah. on the mic. But... but no, like almost like a higher power um, uh, saying, hey, guys, there's a brand new life for you now. Um, whatever your troubles also, were. Also, I'm the boss. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. But uh, well. It's interesting because Samantha, obviously, as kids, uh, the Alyssa Milano character, that would be our entrance to the show. Yeah. We're probably close in age to, to her. Um, I don't know. I always kind of felt, yeah, I, I felt like it was him singing to her, her life, which is kind of, it's interesting you're saying, like, you have a backstory for her. You're sort of a <laughs> gang-related inner city pressure, sort of uh, syringes in the arm, right. bullets over the head. We're on the lamb. Tony did something unspeakable, and that's what's in that laundry bag sort of origin story, which I guess they can get around to now that uh, Netflix is doing all these reboots. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, uh, who killed the boss? I don't know what it would be, but um, 
doing a little research on who wrote these songs, these are pop star written and performed songs. Like, who's the boss? The lyrics are written by the show's creator, so it makes sense that that's kind of tied into the show. But um, the actual music is a studio musician named Larry Carlton. He performed with Joni Mitchell and Steely Dan. And another musician named Robert Kraft, who worked on The Little Mermaid, worked on Hudson Hawk and Swing Kids, co-founded Jim Henson's Records. I mean, these are big-named people working on these themes that as a kid I loved. As a teenager, I thought, oh, that's forgettable tripe that just gets stuck in my head. But, I mean, these were importantly crafted introductions to a show because again i feel like who's the boss used to air at 8 p.m tuesday nights and you know it's a school night but i remember getting to see who's the boss was exciting so this theme kind of brought us into it um yeah these are really well crafted kind of intros to programs um the reason i feel like this one might be you know your typical 80s sequences you know you're, you're talking about how there's clips from the show in the opening and i you know is what makes it up there's no new footage filmed for it yeah and again i think it hits all the buzz buzz kind of points of tv in the 80s you got a crazy dancing chore tony's got that vacuum cleaner he does this clever move with you got kids on a phone twice you got that slow motion slide in the third base that I just feel like they used every season to show that he's sporty. Yeah, and and uh, to, to show that he's sporty, and it couples with the lyric. Uh, I, shoot, I didn't write it down, but it couples with the lyric about uh, how some dreams you've lost. Well, there were times I lost a dream. Yeah, too. yeah, that, and he's getting uh, <clears throat> he's out at home plate. Um, is he out? Yeah, um, that? He's, I've, I've, he's I've, getting tagged before he hits the plate, oh, and so he lost that dream of winning that game. Um, so, so that gives you a whole backstory in that shot. Yeah. I, I remember the episode that's from, and there was a lot of audience cheering, which I'm like, now I'm like, the audience wasn't there. They filmed that outside. <laughs> but that was that's like, the, if I'm to think of the opening credits, it's them meeting in the doorway, which if you watch that, did you notice behind him is a painting of a house? It's not even oh, a real house. It's a painting yeah, that leaves the house I, I, of. I used to love that. There were so many sitcoms that have that where you open up the front door and there's the fake tree and the painting of, of another <laughs> house or, or sky. I remember Roseanne had that uh, a lot. Oh, um, see, I don't know if I picked up on as a kid, you, but this time it very much front door. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's just interesting because it really um, takes away from, from the... Uh, um, God, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The reality the of who's the boss and it's the plotting? suspension of disbelief oh, that, okay. that you're in a house. It, I guess I never, as a kid, it didn't take it. I didn't notice it. Also, I, I don't think they open that door too much <laughs> and show that angle for that reason. But um, yeah, today it was just kind of like, oh, that's right. It's a set. But I guess as a kid, I'm willing to accept, you know, because like, as a city street or an outdoor set, yeah, I always look kind of fake on yeah. these shows, but I, I was willing to take that. Yeah. But yeah, you get a slow-mo into, into home base, which sets him up. You get that shot of Angela ripping her dress a little up her leg mm-hmm. to show a little more skin, where it's kind of like, ooh, the square lady is sexy. Yeah. So you get that feel. So you kind of get their relationship. You, you get, get that moment. You get the kooky. Very, where she hugs her mom from behind, yeah. which is always kind of like, oh, that's a weird touching moment, countered by the father and daughter kind of in bed together. Um, well, she's in bed and he's... God, that came out totally... You know what you, I'm saying. You, she's in bed. You really he have a different view of that like, relationship than I guess the rest I, of the world. I feel like maybe Samantha's the boss there. Maybe <laughs> she's in charge. No, but you, you're showing these relationships between mother, daughter, father, daughter. I guess yeah. in that... I never thought of that echoing before um, because uh, Samantha... or God, Judith Light's character. What's her name? Uh, Angela. 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 
her mother <laughs> uh her mother played by Catherine Helmond or, or Mona is sort of was sort of the breakout you know kind of like sexed up you know loose grandmother character but they're you know they have loose a grandma. parent isn't that wasn't that her role I mean wasn't that what what, what she um, was yeah I mean I think she was I, I think one I feel like her thing was to get laid yeah she would describe her as fiery perhaps uh, I don't think they would have used okay. loose at the time. Loose, uh, fiery. Yeah. So she's more of a hazard. Was she? Was she's she a burning pre, sensation. Was she pre-Blanche or was Blanche uh, from Golden Girls first? I think she was pre-Blanche. Yeah. I mean, when Golden Girls, I mean, it was like 85. This was, I mean, they're probably sharing around the same time, 85 and 84. It would have been, for me, it was new. And everyone loved that character. We should do, a, know, and in the cr- we should do a tally of, of loose grandmas from the 80s. Yeah. And, and also ones on TV. <laughs> Her character, I feel like, and this happens in credits, I've never understood why, like, you get all the names of all the, the actors and actresses, but then it's like Catherine Helmand as Mona, the as someone credit mm-hmm. and opening credits was always kind of like for, what, the breakout star or the star who, like, I don't know what designated I, that. I always felt that it was somebody that uh, was known and, and was known for other things before the show, like, was... Had a career and, and was more famous than maybe the other people. I mean, that was my view uh, as a kid, and I think in a way that that's what it is. It's like, and 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 this person who has maybe um, lowered herself a little bit to be on a sitcom. So we're gonna give really? Her, you think that's why? Maybe, that was? maybe. So we're gonna give her a little extra. You know, she's. It took us. She was uh, on soap and Brazil is what yeah, I can think of her from. Yeah, and so it's like she's she's already made a name for herself. You're already a fan of her, perhaps, and so she's the special um, addition to the show. Not Tony Danza, who everyone knew from. But it's the his. Other Tony's. It's his show. Movies, the Tony and Taxi, the Tony and Going Ape. But it's his show, so he doesn't need that because it's mm-hmm. it's his show. He's the star of the show, and so here's I think she's like here's a special, hey, you're going to get this extra, extra star. Like, I don't know if anybody knew Judith Light at, prior to this, and certainly nobody knew yeah, the kids know. prior to this. And so it's like, hey, not, not only are you getting Tony Danza, but you're getting the star of Soap, which everybody at that time probably loved. But they already know her, so why say, oh, this, the character Mona, that's this person. Like, you can see that. It's, it's, weird. it's a weird, like, it's, it's similar to, like, and it's in movie credits too, where you have the listing of all the people, and then it's also and Jack Nicholson, or you know, and uh, I'm blanking on every actor's name I can think of. It's a weird—I don't know—it's a weird I distinction. Wonder, I wonder if it's built into uh, like contract contracts and pay scale and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get paid X amount. We can't put you top billing for whatever reason, so we'll give you this extra special thing because. Oh because of who you are and what we have to pay you. That now, as a kid, like, did you like Mona, the character of Mona as a kid? Uh, yeah, I, I remember thinking she was crazy and fun. Do you think that's why? Because she's singled out? Like, they kind of show her, and she's got, I think she's wearing, she's got pom-poms, well, and she's well, yeah, wearing I mean, that, like, she's... She, she's singled out. No, I don't think it was because she was singled out in the opening credits. I think it's... Do you think because... opening credits manipulated how you viewed a show at all? Do you think, like, the songs themselves, uh, maybe we can talk about absolutely. that right now. I mean, they manipulate, I mean, we talked about how the Growing Pains manipulated us, so, yeah, they, they yeah. absolutely manipulate us. I mean, you show uh, Mona in the opening credits. I, th- I can't remember if she's actually dressed as a cheerleader, but she's got the pom-poms. And so she's clearly the young at heart. Shaking them at boob level, yeah. from what I remember. So she's clearly the young at heart. Uh, you know, it's it's shorthand for what we expect and what we should expect 
um, and what we want to expect from the characters. Mm-hmm. Everybody else in the show is the the straight person to Mona mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so is that you, true? Uh, yeah. I kind of have a recollection of that being the case. Certainly Judith Light was the straight person to, to everybody. Well, because they have the mother-daughter connection. I think it's flip-flopped where isn't the mother supposed to be the more stern and, 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 and whatever one, you know, the more... Yeah. The show portrayed it as, I guess, um, Angela kind of being a little more tighter with her, you know, not not as keep going tight and loose here. What am I trying to say? Um, (laughs) Tighter with a sense of duty over (laughs) looser with a sense of pom pom sex. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And I guess we're we're focusing on the credits here. I guess not the structure of the show. I it's odd. This this theme song. It's the most ballady. Like it's a, it's kind of like a seventies ballad. Like it's, it's got a flute in it, you know, it's, it's got got a weird, yeah. There's like a weird keyboardy sort of up and down thing that, that was annoying to me uh, uh, upon re-listening. Yeah, no, it, 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 you're right. It's very soft-spoken. It feels either like a Sesame Street segment or yeah, something that would be on the radio as I'm riding around with my parents and their parents, you know, right between a Chris Cross song or not a Christopher Cross song, sorry, who does the Arthur's theme and, uh, you know, that some John Denver song, you'd get this, but also kind of maybe this is because of the van at the beginning. It does have like a Mary Tyler Moore thing going. I don't know if you ever watched the Mary Tyler Moore show, but it's, it is a song about making it getting out there. I mean, it is setting up even well into the show's run. Yeah. When it's kind of like, well, this guy's the house cleaner or house servant, and he will, and that's his. That's he's going to live there while also going to college, I guess, whatever it is. Um, the show was always about finding your dreams, and that did inform, I guess, how I would view like Tony's a good father. He's trying to do good for his daughter, you know, and 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 Angela is is I guess now trying to pursue something else in her life. I don't know. The the theme definitely brought something more than the other two themes we're talking about. I feel like. Yeah always reinfuse each episode with this emotional kind of opening that it it is it's about parents and their kids i guess um i got so disagree. it's not a romantic style. i disagree with you that it's more than the other two because i think the last one that we haven't talked about i think if we segue to that i think that does the job that you're talking about that who's the boss does i think it does the same job i think it's even more on point about it because i think the next one might overdo it and creates a movie that we've yet to see. I think the song that we're about to segue into is more awe-inspiring and emotionally impacting than anything I have ever seen on TV. I watched both of, of Obama's inauguration speeches. I mean, this song, this epic-sounding Neil Diamond by the way of Bruce Springsteen with um, the flare of lover boys secret of my success broadway musical act break this epic bigger than tv should allow theme is that is that what you're talking That's about what i'm talking about sometimes the world looks perfect nothing perfect nothing's gonna yeah perfect strangers is it nothing's gonna stopping us now what's the name of the song i forget I, the name i don't of know it. the name of it is that the name <clears throat> think so I, I i you know that's the one thing in my notes i didn't type down because i was so shooken by the emotional push of this fucking yeah there's song. The, the, the the line that always stands out for me is towards the end where the singer is is really angry saying it's my life it's my dream don't mess with me man 
<laughs> and so if, if you happen to be out there and you've never heard of Perfect Strangers for some reason, very quickly, it's a show about cousins um, who move, who both move and live in Chicago. One, Larry Appleton, who I think grew up in a small town. I, I don't remember where. Maybe somewhere in Illinois. I'm not sure. Um, and then Balki Bartokomos, a sheep farmer from the Greek-like island of Mipos, whose dream is to come to America and does seemingly in the 1930s, <laughs> really, when he arrives. Um, he's sort of like he, you know, it's this immigrant's dream. He, he gets on a wagon in the beginning with an America or burst sign sitting next to him because I guess they, they English is the dominant text of Mipos. But yeah, it's it's a swelling song and it's so serious. Yes, like it starts off a little, you know, magical trill sound and a harmonica and strings, and it just. You know, and you're seeing each of them heading there, and it just builds and builds. But it's so serious, it, it, I think. It, and it's honestly, as a song, taken out of context from everything else, I like the song. I do. I think, I mean, it's not my, it's not my favorite song in the world, but between the three of these, it's my favorite song. Really? Yeah. I mean, it definitely gets stuck in my head. I definitely have memories of it. I... So the opening credits, it's just, it's not the show you're about to watch. You're, you're saying it is? You're saying this embodies, because the show is basically this, the odd couple. I think the song, yeah, the show is the odd couple, but talking about, you know, making a, a, a mission statement about life, I think the song and the, and the visuals, some of which are from the show, but I think the majority are not. I think everything in the credits is filmed just for the credits because the show is filmed on video and this is all yeah, it's film all filmed. footage. I, I feel like there's a couple. No, no, you're right. Now that now that you're saying it, because also I think I have this pointing out that they're really Chicago. So that's, yeah, uh, that's the other thing about this opening is it's selling Chicago more than <laughs> conceit of the show. I think to some extent. Yeah. But I mean, just the fact that you see them both uh, on their separate paths leaving their home so you see larry you know waving goodbye to uh his family and he's in his car which is packed very full everything's on top and then balky um hopping on the wagon like you say and then on the 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 immigrant (laughs) ship from the 30s uh looking at the coming into the the city there um you just can't believe it he sees the statue of liberty and he like laughs like he's just so It's it should be meaningful. It could be a wonderful advertisement <laughs> for something else, but the show is just this mismatched couple. <laughs> like that's what they are. But they're starting their it's, own um, lives. You know, about, they're starting their own lives. Uh, I like is the that moment. In the show? I feel like this is a misleading it, it, theme. It is in the show, although this is it, the show changed a bit um, from season <laughs> one to later seasons, if I remember correctly. Um, very much so but um yeah no they they they're starting their life they're going on their own path they're leaving their home uh in in you know balky in a more extreme way than than larry for sure but um yeah the show itself you're right it it doesn't really tell you what you're going to get with this mismatched couple um but it does give you this sense that they're out on their own and they're starting their life and they've got mm. their dreams to try and live. Um, <clears throat> and it has moments where, you know, like for instance, Larry buys the, uh, the newspaper and flips deep into it and finds his article. You get the sense that, that, that 
that's his thing. He wants to be a reporter. A oh, is that what's happening? I, I feel like they each, they have to hit, you see them each as actors, hit their mark, look up and be like, I'm going to do it. Because <laughs> Balky pats a horse on the head and does it, and he does it with the yeah. newspaper. And they're both good actors. Honestly, Mark Lynn Baker is an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah. That's hilarious. But I'm just like, it's so, like, that's, when is that character that on the show? The the journalist? The Larry, like, when is Larry that sort of like, I can, you know, I never get the sense that he's like, ah, this is my ch- time. Like, it, he always felt like he's a little schlubbish about it and a little, like, he just can't grasp the world. Sure. Like, the, the, yeah, there's two right. clips like, in here that are funny physical bits that I like. Like, they're walking, to show you're in, they're in Chicago, then from that cuts to a kind of a comical walking against a wind bit. Uh-huh. Which is kind of funny. And then what I think is actually a very funny but obvious revolving door bit where Balky goes in the revolving door, Larry goes in. You see Balky come back around, and then you see Larry come around and look for him and give this very, like, where did he go kind of looking like that. That's funny. Like, they they have – that's more in line with the show, and they have good timing, and it's a little slapsticky. But, yeah, this song – I mean, this song, yes, as a kid – this song meant something to me. That's, I guess, what I'm embarrassed about and trying to avoid commenting on. Like, this was exactly what you're saying it was, a theme song about pursuing your dreams. And it's been in my head. We were talking before the show off the microphone. Just, you know, these months have been difficult with new jobs and things going on in both of our lives. And prepping for this episode, as I started to earlier in the week, yeah, this theme song has been circling around in my head. In a good way. You know? It's it's been inspiring. I don't know. It's been pushing you forward. I don't know. It has to. But it's manipulative. Like this isn't my inspirational songs that I go to. Like even like you know like a Billy Joel song or a Paul Westerberg song or or, or you know whatever it is I'm going to. Like this is this is one of those things where this feels more than the other two songs manipulative because like you're a theme song written as a theme song. But but you're making for your this own wacky. Point, but that's, that's good though, because I mean, you're making your own point. Billy Joel's my life was a theme song for bosom buddies. It didn't start that way. It became a theme song. But I'm saying, yes, but that's, it's the same thing. It's the song works is what I'm saying. So even though those other songs outside of TV that you go to, they they are are hitting the same emotional um, uh, breaking points and and driving you. And I like this song. I think the Perfect Stranger song works. I don't know if it works it's... for this show. <laughs> I don't think it really well, that's, I reflects guess, what, what the show is about. about. That's one. Do you think there's more lyrics to it? Do you think in addition to? Oh yeah. Do you think they get to their dream? Do you think more happens? I, I, I think, guess we, I didn't look for that. I think I there's more lyrics for, for all of these. I think there's more lyrics on all I, of these. Um, I, I know there is for um, the Growing Pains theme because that showed up on an album yeah. by the singers. So I know. And that that's that the thing. I think a lot of there's a number of of themes from the '80s uh, that I think, and and even some from the '90s. Friends, for instance that have longer mm-hmm. versions that were radio friendly. I know the cheers theme played on the radio. Um, that has more lyrics. Grace <laughs> American hero. I always yeah, think of that had a pretty big theme. And the perfect strangers clip that, that uh, we watched is the short version of the opening. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Cause I remember, no. yeah, there's more that Balky does. I mean, I can't remember it exactly, but I remember that there's more that Balky does with his family where he says goodbye. And he oh, I think that's like the first season where they don't do the other clips. Maybe. Oh, could be. Like maybe that's because the one we, maybe cause I, I can't imagine I would be exhausted <laughs> building up to the crescendo of the show with its dumb font. 
I, so I mean, so this could have been on the radio, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that is like, there are, there are songs that, 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 you know, Friends is another example. I forget that Friends was a pretty big radio hit. Um, and that works like a theme from, that's more like the Cheers theme than these themes, I guess, but it tells you the show. Yeah, I don't know. I, it is odd. Like the guy who wrote the theme to Perfect Strangers, um, Jesse Frederick and Benevit Salve, my apologies, I'm mispronouncing both of your names. They also wrote the Full House theme, the Family Matters theme. I think they wrote most of the TGIF ABC lineup theme. Wow. I think one of the writers was the basis for Jesse on Full House, they say, um, just in terms of a struggling writer and all this stuff. But think about like the Full House theme, the Family Matters themes. They are pretty big, sweeping themes. Yeah that I think elevate these shows maybe above the level of what they are. Like Full House, you watched more than I have from what we've, you know, from I, the conversations we've had. Yeah. Um, my memories of that theme song and this Family in Chicago theme song, that's what I remember for that show. Family Matters, a show I never really watched, but that theme song was kind of the sweeping kind of, which way, I'm trying to remember how that starts. What is the Family Matters theme song? Um, I am blanking on that. I can picture like the house because uh, they would show the outside of the house. and yeah, I keep going back to full house on this. Fuck. That's going to misprove my own point. I just feel like these shows get elevated on the nature of their theme song. You know, Growing Pains, I think it and its theme song fits well because maybe it's a low enough key <laughs> and feels like the family who's the boss almost the show almost outshines the theme song like it's a nice theme and everything but the show is actually a little more livelier than that but this perfect strangers theme which is i mean perfect strangers was my favorite show for about two years as a kid i loved this fucking show <laughs> and i loved this theme i'm sure i was right but there now i'm you. just like it but doesn't it seem odd now? Doesn't it seem odd that our slapsticky program about a stereotypical cliche and and the um, you know totally non-alpha male you know almost like a schemer. Larry Appleton was almost like a polite schemer to get ahead in the world. Like this is their theme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think of another odd couple. You know, think of the. Do you know the old odd couple theme from the sixties? Uh, sure. Kind of just. Instrumental thing. There's no lyrics to that, right? I mean, except for the uh, the opening monologue, <laughs> the uh, opening uh, that was there to ensure the audience that no, they're not gay. <laughs> That's why that was put there. It's like make sure people know right. these characters are not gay. This is 1968. Make sure. <laughs> but I mean, that song is just like this dirge. It's this march. It's these two saps. Maybe that's the difference. There's there's optimism in this theme, but. Like you said, the show changes. It went on. I just don't see this theme fitting the show. But I guess the because when I hear the theme, like Growing Pains, Who's the Boss? When I hear those themes, they 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 stoke the show images of the show. When the Perfect Strangers theme begins, all I'm seeing is the opening credit sequence. I'm not seeing the rest of the show. It's very detached. That's to true. Me yeah, anyway. absolutely. And and <clears throat> like like we said earlier, it's it's not. It shows the characters a little bit, but almost more so it's showing chicago um yeah it's spotlighting where you are it gives you actually of all these it gives you the most sense of environment which is nice because they can't do that on the show itself it's always indoors Yeah, that's true the full house theme did that the family matters that's you're getting outside maybe that gives it its scope maybe as a kid that was because i bet as a kid also i probably just thought it was new york because that was the only city i knew 
But um, yeah, it does kind of set up where you are. It's just such a big sweeping song. But why did this stop? Why did I mean? Why do you think theme songs? Because I mean, everyone like growing up, I could sing the Gilligan's Island theme, the Brady Bunch theme, you know, the Green Acres themes. These theme songs that were oftentimes the characters singing it from the show and oftentimes the setup for the show. I mean, those are the jokier sitcoms, I guess I remember from the sixties, seventies, you get a lot of the Norman Lear shows. I think you got, you know, you got the one day at a time theme. You got the, you know, there's the Archie or the, uh, was I called? Um, Archie Bunker. What's that show called? All the family theme. There's the mod theme. Jefferson themes. you have these themes that weren't necessarily the show, but they're very catchy, very loud themes and then you know coming into the 80s you have these they're all kind of like ballads either power power ballads or piano ballads that's true what then what changed i mean what i mean maybe it's the type of show we're picking shows that as a family we watched you know there's the seinfeld theme is not awe-inspiring you know the, 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 but that's also not a family show the friends theme i guess is a little bit right like is that that's kind of the last theme song i really remember humming and and, and singing along with yeah, and I think what changed, <clears throat> um, we sort of hinted at already, um, is money. Um, those shows from the, the 70s and 80s, they had a runtime of like 25 to 28 minutes, those half-hour programs, with mm-hmm. the other time spent uh, on uh, uh, commercials. And now a runtime of a show is about, 22 minutes if you're lucky so you've lost about six minutes there um and so if you want to tell the story and still have a show you're cutting out the theme you're making that shorter you're you're just having a quick instrumental or you're putting the credits over the first scenes um and i mean gosh there's some uh big bang episodes going back to that show uh that are only 19 minutes long like the the actual content of the show um but they you know they still get that theme song in there it's, so i don't know i mean maybe that's not the reason well it's odd because i feel like i and i hear what you're saying and, and part of me is like well if we get more story we get more story but a tv show you know similar to you know like a comic book or something you know like judging a book by its cover or its packaging like a tv show growing up a tv show was packaged with a theme that was just part of it you know like even the hour-long shows like the fall guy Manimal, Dukes of Hazard, those shows, you know, they always had the theme that you, that was, I don't know, it's part of the memory of it. Yeah. And I'm wondering, obviously shows still last. Like I still can think of shows that I've watched in the last 10 years, 15 years, but you know, think of the late nineties. I mean, what were we watching for sitcoms? Friends resonates and that has a theme song, but like, do you remember two girls, a guy in a pizza place? Did that have a theme song? I'm sure it did. I don't know. I don't remember. Boston Commons, did that have a theme song? Probably. Probably. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's an integral part. And again, this might be just age and the shows I was watching. And you're naming two shows, I mean, at least for me, that I maybe jumped in on for one or two episodes and didn't stick around for. With two guys. Sports Night or The West Wing, do they have theme songs? Okay, no. Uh, Sports Night. West Wing is something. Sports Night had, like. had uh, music that would play over the cold open and then would kind of, it was all instrumental and it would kick up 
uh, when the Sports Night title came on. But again, it was all in So that was always the same. It was always the, always same, the same. It was always the same theme, but it wasn't an opening. They didn't have an opening sequence or anything. It wasn't an opening theme song. That was the 90s, right? That show was uh, from the 90s? Yeah, late 90s. And uh, West Wing started in the late 90s as well. Um, and it had an opening uh, opening theme, an opening sequence. Um, again, instrumental, rousing orchestration uh, with various still photos of everyone in the Oval Office kind of in their job. Um, okay. But no lyrics. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's inspirational just in its tone. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I can't even really think of it. Like I'm trying to think of the West Wing theme and all I can think of is <laughs> Jurassic Park. Me too, actually. <laughs> I was about to say, I have dinosaurs running the country <laughs> and their suits. Well, that's, that's I have a CJosaurus kind of that's pretty helping out. That's, that's incredible that we both went to Jurassic <laughs> Park. But I mean, that's that's memorable though, and and I guess yeah. If I was to really think about it, I think yeah, West Wing. I do remember now what you were describing with Sports Night is also the West Wing. I think would build into the theme from its little tag as well. If I'm right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, theme songs, and I don't. Again, this is this is a piece of nostalgia where I'm trying to think: is it the era or is it the age that I was in the era? You know, like, because there are, I bet a lot of these Nickelodeon shows that I didn't watch, iCarly and um, The Sweet Life, they have theme songs. Kids probably remember those fondly. Um, There must be 90 shows, the Pokemon theme. Like, people have the nostalgia for that that maybe I have for these. But I do feel like there was this drift away from it. And again, at the heart of it, if I'm coming to a show for entertainment, I get it. Maybe it is better that we're going to take one more minute of story. Yeah, we'll remove the credits and put them in a story. And that maybe that's good. <laughs> maybe that's good if I'm trying to be entertained. Or, I mean, these are half-hour shows. I know you're saying they're 19 minutes, 22 minutes. But as a kid watching them, watching them live, I watched them as a half-hour package. That's so true. you had your commercials. That was the bathroom breaks or when you heard about movies. So everything was part of the show. Yeah. Even to this and we didn't talk about, like, closing credits where you'd get an instrumental of the theme usually uh, with the credits rolling over clips from the show. And a lot of times you'd have the announcer saying, you know, later tonight on Max Headroom, you know, you'd have them talking over it, but sometimes you would just get the instrumental version of the theme. These were all part of the show because that's how I watched them. So the theme was kind of like, you know, when you pick a book off the shelf, I love like a nice dust jacket on the book, you know, or a comic book, the cover gets you or an album. Even, you know, we were talking off the microphone before the show about CDs do I display them or do I just store them? Well, just storing them makes the most sense for space. You know, you can get a stack of all your CDs carefully stored in the corner, you know, on, on a, like a, a spire. Or you can keep them in their boxes, their cases, because you have the cases. They're beautiful to look at and, and, and you can thumb through them that way. I mean, an opening theme song is kind of like that package, yeah. I feel. Like, I think I don't think I would remember who's the boss if it wasn't for the theme song. Perfect Strangers, probably, because I love that show. Growing Pains, yeah, but probably not as much. I mean, the theme song was an integral part of that. And, I don't know, Arrested Development in the 2000s, that had a little bit of an opening, you know, with the narration and the music, so it's still there. But I I am just curious, what was the breakaway? And it sounds like you may have hit upon it by saying it was just a time issue. Yeah, it might be. But I feel like, too, I think think we have a a tweak for our next episode because, I'll be honest, um, we, we keep talking about these shows, Arrested Development, 30 Rock, that are 10 years old. 
Um, I don't think you yeah. and I uh, are necessarily hip to what's out there today right now um that isn't that didn't start 10 years ago so it might still like big bang still in the air but it started a while ago i feel like maybe we should do a little research and see what the the themes are like these days um i mean i i know i i watch mostly stuff streaming and we've already talked about master of none it's it's got its own unique uh stylistic opening but maybe we'll see what the other sitcoms that i don't watch uh are are opening with so maybe it is still out there. I hope it is. I don't know. I am a sucker for like the Brady Bunch theme and the Brady Bunch incidental music. And, you know, I used to love Gilligan's Island because that was a fun theme to sing. You sit in the car with your parents driving somewhere and you kind of sing it. It's like a child's version of however many bottles of beer on yeah, the wall. Yeah. And these theme songs, they each have, you know, provoked or evoked an emotion in me that was huge. And, um, yeah, I, I would hope that this is still a thing. But, again, again, what, if people don't want it, what do I care? I, it is odd. I still have these themes. And I've had Perfect Strangers stuck in my head for a week. It's very fitting in a lot of ways. And maybe that's what I'm embarrassed about here is they're relevant. And they're relevant because I grew up with them. And so they have that nostalgia built in. So if I'm applying them to a moment in my life, yeah. that's, there's that mix. A job well done by it. those uh, by those theme theme uh, writers, right? Thank you, authors whose names I won't mention again. Um, well, that's the show for this week. That's the hummable episode of 20th Century Popcast, which is now back, hopefully on its weekly schedule. Thank you for putting up, if you did, with a little bit of the jarring delay and getting a week-to-week uh, episode up there. Uh, As always, you can check us. Oh, yes, Oh, Bob, I was just going to say, so just sticking with our quote-unquote theme of the week with these opening themes, since we're closing out yeah. and we're reaching out and saying our hellos to the audience, I would like to say, hey, you know what? Uh, 20th Century Popcast needs we need a theme we need some opening music don't you think we do yeah yes we need a theme song yeah we just did an entire hour discussing the importance of theme songs yeah and I'd like a theme song with lyrics <laughs> so if anybody I out would. there wants to uh, uh, put together a 20th Century Popcast uh, theme song with lyrics uh, send it our way and we'll test it out see how it goes and if we use it I'm sure we'll find some way to uh uh, compensate you for it well maybe we'll edit that last part of that out but yes definitely and how how can they get if someone can record a little team how can they get that to us well they could uh, they could uh, reach out to us on twitter uh you can find me at rh canning and uh, tim you want to share yours sure you can also find me at subcultist on twitter um you can also uh, what check us out on Facebook at sub uh, 20 popcast. You can always put a link there. Uh, if you go to 20 popcast.com, that's the official website of this show. There's a section where um, called pop talk, where you can ask us any questions you might have. You can always put a little reference in there. Um, so yeah, please do. I think that's a great idea, Bob, reach out, reach out, reaching out to people. That's what Bob Kings do for a theme song. Boy, that sentence was horribly put together, but you know, what I'm trying to say, um, and so, yeah, and, and, and if, you, if, you, if we get a theme song, how can you hear it? You can hear it by listening to us every week. That's also a bad segue. But subscribe to us. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Google Play. Or listen to us at, at Libsyn or at 20podcast.com. Boy, you know, not doing this for a month. I just fucked up the ending. I think we're just, we're fine. That's a very uh, decent ending for being off a month. And uh, I keep forgetting to write this stuff down. I can't just pull it off my, the top of my head. I have to have it written down somewhere. <laughs> Neither can I, apparently. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone. 
And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll we'll talk to you next week. You'll hear us. But if we see you, hey, I'll, I'll give you a head nod. Catchphrase. This is Family Matters, right? It is. It's the only family that matters. And I'm playing it on my phone. Are you just holding that up to the mic? I'm just holding it up to the mic, yeah. What happened to our no phone methodology? We weren't recording. I I walked over and got it. No phones. No phones, but what we bone. It's from Terminator 2. Oh. Is the same singer as Full House? We'll have to look that up. I don't know. Is that a guy or a girl? It's a guy, I think. It's another one where it's it's clips of... uh, people but not of the show i think there's a grandmother reading some like heavy metal magazine or like uh, wiggly dicks or something like that i don't know this the way i thought this does not sound funny i don't remember this i didn't watch family matters a lot i I mean i must have watched some to know it exists hey if this works maybe we can do some uh commentary over things like this (laughs) Like we're doing right now? Yeah, because... Like, a lot Sounds of like they're in a talk, saloon. <laughs> a lot of times we'll talk about stuff without actually having... Whoops. Without having the uh, the reference right there. Yeah. No, that's good, but then people can call us out on our bullshit, too. <laughs> okay, but no bullshit. True. 